For as long as I can remember, I've had this nightmare where I'm drowning. I don't think it's ever going to go away, but maybe, just maybe this will help. Freud says drowning in dreams is an internal struggle against yourself, a need to break free or come clean. I fit into all those categories, all this psychosis in a fun candy shell. Pushing back the thoughts, I clear my mind, focusing on the feel of Cole's hand in mine, on the small steady beat of his pulse that I can feel in his fingers. I let it calm me, focusing on it until everything else feels distant. On the count of three, I ask. Cole nods. One, he says. Two. In unison, we bend our knees and yell, Three! We leap, the cold sea air cradling us for only a heartbeat before plunging us into the swirling darkness below. I release his hand a moment before we hit the water, the icy cold waves like shattered glass as I drive through the surface feet first. Every inch of my skin stings on impact, the oxygen pushed from my lungs. Below the surface, I feel a wave roll over me, the tide dragging me toward the shore. Kicking my legs, I finally surface, sucking in a deep breath just before another wave crashes over me, threatening to take me back under. It's only luck that allows me to bob above the water, wiping the hair back from my face. I open my eyes. A few feet away, I see Cole break the surface, gasping for air. Whipping around, he searches for me in the darkness. Catching sight of me, he laughs, cupping his hand and dragging it across the water, sending a spray at my face. I splash him back, feeling giddy as the adrenaline floods my system. It's a dizzy, relieved high, sort of like the feeling you get at the end of a roller coaster ride. Part of me is just glad to be alive, the other much braver part cheers to do it again. Just then, a familiar tug grabs me as the tide begins to pull me back out to sea. With a jerk of my head, I turn and swim for shore, checking to make sure Cole is following. As soon as I feel the sand under my feet, I stand up and begin walking to the shore. Within minutes, Cole is beside me, wringing the water out of his black t-shirt. Every step is labored, the waves pushing and pulling against my legs. My denim shorts and pale green tank top are soaked and heavy. Even the wind blowing across my bare arms hurts as we hike onto the shore and collapse to our knees laughing. I roll onto my back, too elated to care about the sand sticking all over me. The moon is just rising on the horizon, huge and full, its light bouncing off the choppy surface of the water. Feel better? Cole asks, still catching his breath. I put my hands on my chest. Yeah, I kinda do. We sit there like that for a few minutes, just enjoying the rush of adrenaline and the sound of the waves fracturing against the sand. Finally, he breaks the silence. What's that? he asks, jerking his head down the beach. I roll over, squinting against the darkness. A huge lump of something has rolled up on shore a few yards down from us. My first thought is that it looks like a black trash bag. Then I see something else, something that looks a lot like a hand. I think that's a person, I say, climbing to my feet. Cole is already upright, jogging toward them. As soon as he gets there, he stops, dropping to his knees and reaching out. I follow behind. The closer I get, the more the crumpled body comes into focus. Cole rolls him onto his back and puts two fingers on his neck, checking for a pulse. There's no point, really. His face is waxen and swollen, his eyes wide and milky white, 
staring up at nothingness. His blue lips are parted, white sea foam bubbling from his mouth. The face is familiar. It's a boy from our school. Not someone I know well, but someone I've seen around enough to recognize. That's Mac, I say. Cole clasps his palms against Mac's chest and starts doing compressions, but I put a hand on his shoulder, stopping him. It's too late. Much too late. Mac is dead.